go. Levi, you, you got a really nice haircut, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's like it makes you look younger. <laughs> or older. I can't really tell. Did I look older before? You almost it's almost like you look like the opposite uh, of what? A little bit older, but a younger version of their older self. Oh wow. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. In a strange, very awkward universe it's like in a, yeah in a strange very ad kind of way it makes perfect sense wait, wait what does that mean an ad kind of way i feel like you see the world with a unique lens and i value that lens everyone sees the world through their own unique lens that's true but i think yours is especially unique and that's not a bad thing it's just <laughs> it's it's different but i like it because i get exactly what you're saying but probably nobody else would say that to me sure 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 and i appreciate that i uh I was thinking about our episode last week and how we were talking about how mean <laughs> the mean things we did, but yeah. how they weren't mean at all. <laughs> like, I was like, hmm, those aren't mean things at all. Like, You could probably uh, think of meaner things we've done. I have not. I, that's the worst thing I've ever done. I, I don't know. Do, do you have something meaner that you've done? I mean, I'm sure I've said some pretty mean things before. Yeah. No, I'm not that... Uh, You're just too I, nice of a guy. No, it's just I don't have the opportunity. I don't... Uh, it doesn't come up in my... What I, where I thought you were going with that is that you were going to say, this is the new meanest thing you've ever done. Oh. It's, 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 <laughs> Let me tell you, I was on a plane yesterday. Oh, I think you were going to me saying that you see the world in different... I think like, oh, That's yeah. the new meanest thing you've done, Levi. Yeah, Levi, it's so mean of you. Uh, I have a question for you. Yeah, because, wait, before you said that, um, you give me a question. Somebody did give me the compliment. He was like, 80... I love the guy, but he was like, "Eddie, you're the best. You're the best at doing what you do." And I was like, "Oh, what does that mean?" <laughs> you know, I, was like, I was like, "Okay, thank you. I guess." Yeah. Like, I think I'm everybody. Probably the only person doing what I'm doing. Yeah, like, but everyone's the best at doing what they do. So yeah, it's kind of like a back. It's like a compliment when you want to compliment somebody, but don't have anything you, you to compliment them on. Yeah, like I was like, "Okay, it's like Ad, you're the best at breathing. Like Ad breathes." Yeah. I'm like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> like, thank you." <laughs> Why don't you just not say that? Oh, this actually before I actually admit there were questions I was going to ask you. I have a. A question that's related to this. All right. Um, compliments. Do you... I'm sorry. I Do I like... I, no, no, no. Everyone likes a compliment, theoretically. But the question is, okay, so a fundamental difference between Hillary and I mm-hmm. is that if I feel like a compliment is provoked, I feel like it doesn't mean anything to me. It's like, yeah. Like, if I like ask for a compliment, I feel like, and someone gives it to me, I feel like it's not real. Or but genuine. in what situation are you asking for a compliment? Like, hey, do you like my website? And then you say, yes, I like your website. Or um, <clears throat> Sorry, I should have prepped for this better because it came to me on the spot. Let me think. Um, so, for example, if... Dang it. I'm not going to think of something. Um, yeah, we can probably... What? Talk. You got this. I, I, I know, I'm trying to think of a specific situation. <sighs> okay, okay, all right, all right. I feel like I'm on the spot, and I am. <laughs> I like it. You put yourself <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> you're like, uh, okay, so you're saying that if someone gives you a compliment that you asked for, yeah, um, then but you, I, that, I, don't, I don't ask for compliments because I don't, I feel like if I ask for it and someone said, tells me what I want to hear, then it's not actually tell, being authentic. It's just like, yeah, like. It's it's just not being authentic. It's just being like, yeah, like you already know that's true. So why would I? Oh, okay. So you, that is like, uh, hey, do I like, hey, do I look fat today? And you're like, 
no, AD, you don't look fat. And I'm like, okay, obviously that's not authentic. It didn't come. Is that what you're saying? Like so, it didn't and, come in naturally? That ballpark, yeah, it's a little bit different. But yeah, and that's in that same kind of realm. Where I feel like if I'm like provoking something, it's inauthentic. Okay. So then your question surrounding compliments. Yeah, just was, like, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think about <laughs> this? <is> the question. <laughs> what is your take? What's your hot take on, on compliments? Here on Blacklight Podcast, we. Uh, <laughs> We, we like to keep it real. We like to not think of anything to talk about <laughs> and then make it up as we go. <laughs> Don't forget your original question because I feel like I, there's, I remember, there's probably some meat I remember there. My original question. Uh, do I? I love compliments, man. In fact, I probably, uh, as an artist, I tell myself not to go for compliments and just do what I like. But you know, when my clients tell me that they like what the work or they love it. I'm pumped. I'm like, sure. Awesome. I'm glad you like it. Like I want you to like it. And so I do like a good, uh, a good response or a good compliment. Um, I don't, I don't get a lot of negative feedback from my work. Like I don't, I would, I would imagine that they just wouldn't tell me if they didn't like it, but I've never received like, like, Oh my gosh, this maybe one was like, Hey, can you take, can you like brush up my chin or something? But never like something like you ruined my wedding day because of your. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, never anything like that. Right. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with defining expectations and like, you know, no one's ever said, "Oh, you didn't." This isn't really what we were thinking we were going to get. Or, you know, most people are always really happy, um, or they just don't say anything, and I just assume that they're happy. Right. Um, yeah. Have you got any negative feedback? No. No. Same kind of thing. Like, hey, could you do this in these photos or modify this or stuff like that? But that's pretty infrequent, and I've never had like over very upset feedback about like, man, I can't believe I hired you. Or, yeah. You yeah. No, I've never so, heard that. Yeah. Uh, let's. I, yeah. Go I ahead. was going to say actually that I know some people that send out feedback forms after every wedding, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Tell me what I could do better," and like. Tell me things. That, here's some things I'm thinking about. Like, what did you not like about the experience? And that to me seems like, man, that seems like it's a really smart thing to do overall as a business. But something I feel like I don't, I don't want to get that feedback. Listen, it's a great way to get reviews, and mm-hmm. some people love. Uh, some clients love reading your reviews, mm-hmm. and so I'll. I've asked my clients before. You know, sometimes they'll ask me where to put my reviews. Where do you think the best place for reviews are? Uh, Google. Google, yeah. yeah. And so some clients are like, hey, where do you put the reviews? And if, you know, I'm like, oh, go here or go to Yelp or whatever. It doesn't matter as long as they, you know, sometimes they send it to me. I put them on my website for testimonials. But I've had it where I ask the clients to do testimonials. I actually well, have a... I mean, uh, I've done that too. But I've never gone to a client and said, hey, what did I not do great that you'd like me to improve? Right. No. Yeah, I've never done that. I've, I'm going... Okay, so there's, there's this... Uh, acronym called uh salt i think that doesn't sound right anyway now you pour salt on the wound the acronym is i can't remember the acronym but this is what it means uh you're supposed to see what people's issues are with photography and then uh pour salt on the wound and so like uh so for example I might not ask people what I could do better, but I ask. I might ask them what uh, an experience they didn't like with photography that mm. they could that could have been better. So, hey, have you been photographed before? What could have been better about that experience? And so then they'll say, um, "Oh, I had a photographer, and he uh, 
really put me in bright sunlight and I'll say, oh, that's horrible. I, I can understand why putting a photographer, putting you in bright sunlight would ruin your experience because you're looking at, you know, your eyes, you're wincing a lot, blah, blah, blah. Even though I might put my clients in bright sun, depending on the situation right. mm-hmm. for this client, I will say, oh, well, I would never I, do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would never do that. But you also pour salt on their wound. So you open up their wound and yeah. then you pour salt on and say, oh, that's horrible. Why would they do that? And then you, uh, you, uh, then you medicate the situation. I would never do that. I'm glad you found me, that kind of thing. And so that's one of the, I think we should do a, an episode about what to say on the phone, but that's one of the sales tactics that you can use to, uh, to bolster trust with your client is to make sure that they know that you know their issues and that you're going to take care of their issues. And so you literally just ask them, well, you know, and so sometimes the, you have to work to steer the conversation in that way. So it yeah. might be odd for you just to be like, so what issues do you have with photography? But if you steer the conversation in the right way and you get to that point where you could say, oh yeah, oh, you've been photographed before. Okay. What? Or you've seen wedding photography, what issues, you know, and then they can start talking about wedding photography and then uh, you can see what they're worried about. Yeah. And then you can better, uh, better fill their needs. Yeah. I you think anyway. better make the sale. Yeah. So I, uh, ha- it has nothing to do with compliments. But, uh, <laughs> okay. Well, the original question I was going to ask you, um, is, uh, this episode will probably go live tomorrow morning, which tomorrow for all of you, that means you'll be listening to today and beyond, which is happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. Okay. That's not really, uh, that's like, that's like uh, a modern take on like the graduation song. Yeah. What's, uh, do you have well, a f- yeah, my question is what is your best or worst, or maybe just most memorable 4th of July experience? Oh. Oh. Well, that would, pr- that would definitely be when I became a citizen. And, Dang, uh, on 4th of July? I didn't become a, a citizen on the oh, 4th okay. of July, but it was before the 4th of July, and then we came back and we had a party on the 4th of July uh, at like a Waffle House. It was in college. And so we went to this Waffle House or a Huddle House, if you're from the South. I think it was a Huddle House, um, and which they have both in the South. It's like a competition. Some people love Waffle House. Some people say Huddle House is better. Definitely Huddle House. And because they have a jukebox. Just knowing Waffle House, I'm assuming that the opposite of that is, or different than that is better. No, they're exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, but they have a jukebox. And so we played, we had this American cake with an American flag on it, and we had little American flags. And uh, we on the jukebox, we played, I'm proud to be an American. And we stood up on the tables in the hot, in, you know, in the, in at night and just sang the song and it was like a really memorable experience and this is the fourth of Ju- actual fourth of july this is the fourth of july wow. in i believe it was or at least it felt like it was maybe it was around the fourth of july i just remember we yeah. we went all out because and i had just become a citizen so we're all just like singing and having a good time uh i i did not know that you did not become a citizen until you were in college yeah yeah that's kind of crazy yeah it was pretty it's pretty wild. So the day that I became a citizen, we went to um, when we went to go answer all the questions and get sworn in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were thirteen people getting sworn in. Sorry, 
14 people from 13 different countries. Wow. So it was like a really like cool experience because you literally just looking next to you, you have people dressed of all different uh, from different countries and different types of clothes. And so it's like, oh man, this is like kind of awesome. Like you really feel like an American, you know, like this is what America was meant for. And so it was really neat. Wow. Um, That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Although I did not, I should say I didn't pass the test the first time. <laughs> did I tell you about this? No, I actually yeah. said, I was literally going to ask as a joke, like, oh, did anyone like fail the swearing in or fail the test? Oh dude, the test is not. Okay. So I, I, I you have to study for the test. Because it's like, who's the third governor of Colorado? I'm like, I don't know. They don't really ask questions that hard, but they're hard enough that if you're not into politics, you might not know the answer mm. to it. Like, I don't know the thirty, you know the who's the twenty second president? Who is it, Levi? Uh, it's you're, you're a whore. Going to, you're just saying no, whatever. No, no, no. It's the twenty second president is probably going to be uh, this is S. Grant. Okay, I'm going to say you're wrong because if you're right, then. You're a pod person, and that's odd. No one should just know that. How? Why do you think you would know that? How? How could you possibly know oh, that? It's, it's Grover Cleveland. Grover Cleveland. I was actually going to guess Grover Cleveland. I was though. close in my mind because I thought it was Ford. I was like, it's the guy who's president twice. That's so funny. But anyways, continue. Apparently, I'm not going to be a citizen. Yeah, you would I, fail. I, I, I'm not, <laughs> I won't be sworn into the AD country of Anyway, so obviously I grew AD. up here since I was like six months old, so right. I... You know, so I went into the thing. My mom was with me. Um, was she a citizen at the time? Right? No, we were both going okay. to get it. Um, so she was the 14th person. She actually got hers before me oh. because I was kind of cavalier in while I was getting interviewed. I was like, mm, and I was just like laughing with the lady, or I was laughing. Clearly, she wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I wasn't saying like "yes, ma'am," which is interesting because I always say "yes, ma'am" and "yes, sir," but. I was like, yeah, yeah, I love America, you know that kind of thing, yeah. or whatever the questions were. I was just asked, I was answering them uh, very candidly, and uh, I, I think my resp- like my feedback was, uh, you need to go back and study and take this more seriously, or something like that. I was like, what? And so I didn't get the citizenship uh, that day. I had to come back like a couple months later Yikes. and take the test again. Um, I don't think I. I don't think I failed the test. I think it was something about my candor. Yeah, and I was, was just like, like, I can tell you don't care about this that much. Yeah, I was like, no, I do care. It's just I'm an American. <laughs> I, was like, I live here, yeah. and so uh, it was just funny. So the next time I was like, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, or whatever, you know, yeah. and uh, it was totally fine. It was a breeze. Um, yeah, and that's when we had Dude, the. Uh, if, that, if that happened today, you'd have been deported, bro. Yeah, I know, right? Like, <clears throat> oh, uh, you should go to this other room back here, and you hop into the back of a back of a truck, and literally uh, just drive you back to Nigeria. Yeah, gosh, and you can't even do that because there's an ocean. But, anyways, yeah, no, uh, you can't do that. You uh, could drive the truck onto a plane and then fly, and then deplane when you get to the other place, since you could still be on the truck. That's. A- <laughs> I'm saying it's possible. It is possible. Yeah. Um, Wow, that's a that's a nice story. Yeah, no, I actually really love the fourth. It's one of my uh, favorite times. Just like you know, it's just fun. People are hanging out. I I definitely ride my motorcycle more on the fourth. I feel free. So tomorrow it's like, all right, I'm just gonna ride all day long. And the weather's gonna be great. So wherever I go, I'm on the bike. Beep 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 beep. Driving around. Flags. Uh, see flags. You put your motorcycle. Okay. First of all, why would I have that pansy little beep? <laughs> Uh, what do you think? I'm riding a moped or something? I mean, or like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just—I wasn't trying to uh, personify your motorcycle. Beep 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 beep. 
would I never like, do that. Like they're, they're small vehicles. They don't have a lot of room to uh, have a big horn. Yeah, but it, I'm not going to use the horn. I have pipes. I have. Uh, I have yeah. Okay, I that sounded that. like a broken weed eater. Like, <laughs> oh no! I have, I have a very unpatriotic motorcycle. What's your uh, favorite Fourth of July? I so I don't know if I have a. I have memory. a memorable, yeah, sure, so memorable. Sure. It's it's equally American, but in a very different way. I don't, is, know, I don't know if you could say that, but yeah, yeah try. I feel like mine's very American. Yours is very American. Yeah. Um, mine is also very American, but it is different. Um, we had some friends growing up that had a boat in a group in the Midwest, mm. and so one time we went on their boat and watched fireworks on the boat. That sounds fun. It was pretty cool. Um, it's very like Midwestern, like lake country kind of a sure, sure. kind of thing. But I was like, yeah, that's a kind of like an American like that's you grill out on the boat and my parents didn't drink, but like drink water and <laughs> watch fireworks. It's not very American, I mean. Yeah. So you uh you watch fireworks or you launch them from your boat? You watch them from yeah, the boat. From the boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I've actually done that before. It is a lot of fun yeah. just sitting on a boat on a lake waiting for the fireworks show. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's quite fun. Yeah. So as I was thinking about it, I'm like, that is by far and away the most, like, the most vivid memory I have tied to the fourth, besides, like, random, like, parade memories as a kid. Like, oh, yeah, we were at parades and something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Are you a fan of fireworks? Um, I'm not, I'm pretty impartial to them. Like, I'm like, I like fireworks. They're fun, to, they're fun, but I'm not going to be like, man, I can't, I need to be the first person in line to get the best seat for mm-hmm. the fireworks tonight. Yeah. So. I'll tell you. Um, I was like that where I was kind of like, okay, fireworks I've seen there. I've been there. I've done that. I've seen them. And then, uh, I was probably 25 or something and I had a Nigerian cousin who had just come over and he'd never seen fireworks before. And so when he came over, we went downtown. I was like, oh yeah, we're going to go see fireworks. And he was so elated. Like he was probably 23 like in in my mind, we're grownups, and yeah. I was like, and he was just like, "Oh my gosh!" And like he was afraid of them, and he was like holding on to me. He's like, "Oh, oh, Eddie, do you see this?" And I was like, "Yeah, I see it, man." Like, uh, <laughs> and uh, we're looking at the same sky. Yeah, and so it was one of those things where I was like, "Man, who who wins in this situation?" He loves this experience, and I'm just sitting here over it. And so I try. So it was one of those things where I was like, I want to try to have every experience like it was my first, or you know, just kind of like not be so like, eh, whatever. Yeah. And so I've tried very hard to not just for fireworks, but just experience life as if you know, as if you're a 23 year old Nigerian, from Nigeria. Yeah. <laughs> 23 um, from Nigeria, or just <laughs> like just like enjoy it because yeah. I, I I definitely had the thought like. Uh, whatever, I don't care. Did we, you know, even last night, I, there were fireworks outside, and I was in here. I had, had a long day, so I was working, or a long day working, and so I was tired. So I, the fireworks went off, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll just see some tomorrow, maybe." But you know, <laughs> maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. And I now thinking about that again, I'm like, no, I should go and like just enjoy the fireworks yeah. and like have fun and like, yeah, and I'm, so it's really fun. I'm excited because we're going to Minnesota. We'll be in Minnesota for the fourth and. Uh, Hillary's brother lives there, and I th- think he's really going to want to take Honor out to see fireworks. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yeah, it's past her bedtime, but I also feel like it'd be really fun for her to see. Like, I think she's finally old enough to like to recognize, like, be like, holy crap, that's yeah, insane. That's something. And so I think it'd be really fun to watch them with her because she, she, I know she, as soon as she sees them, she's gonna be like, 
Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Yeah. Um, they are kind of wild, though. It's like, well, this is crazy. Yeah. I think that my, my hard thing with fireworks is that if you see a really good show, it's hard to go, it's hard to back back down, you know? Because yeah. if you see like an amazing fireworks show, you, you always want the next one to be better. It's yeah. like a drug. You want the next one to be better because, like, man, I saw this amazing show. And if you were to go to like one that's kind of like, meh, it's like... That was kind of lame. Yeah, because you're always waiting for the grand finale. Right. It's like the thing, the grand finale. Like when you're in third grade, oh, this is the grand finale. But then you miss it, or it's the next one, or like, you're like, oh, that wasn't the grand finale. This is the grand finale. And so if you have a spectacular grand finale where it's like, poof, pow, poof, you know, fireworks everywhere, and then the next one, the grand finale is just like, you know, like two fireworks. Like, yeah. Boo. <laughs> and, it's just, and then you just wait for like 20, like 30, 40 seconds and nothing happens. Yeah. Like, oh, I guess that was, I was it. like, I guess it's done. <laughs> oh, man. Have, have you ever been, uh, I'm sure you've seen online uh, firework, uh, fireworks catastrophes. No. You've never seen this online? No. Okay. I feel like I'm, I'm, I try not, I, things like catastrophes are things I try not to watch online. Okay, but this Especially, is one of those things where you kind of have to like Google it. Like, because, because the base where they fire all the fireworks from, it uh, it explodes. Oh my gosh! And so the fireworks go everywhere, and the, like the city catches on fire, and all sorts of stuff. It's it's a catastrophe. It's it's kind of, it's kind of, it's it's horrible, but it's it's one of those fires you have to watch. You know, like <laughs> it, you're just like, oh look at that! Oh my gosh! Because there's like fireworks going everywhere and then exploding. And so you can see them shoot parallel to the ground or, you know, and you're like, oh, this is wrong. But you have to watch it. Oh, man. We, we can look some up yeah. at some point. <laughs> yeah. We're going to spend the, we're going to take, we take our break. We're going to spend the whole time <laughs> looking at firework catastrophes. Fireworks wrong. Yeah. Uh, um, I, when I, when I lived in Lithuania, fireworks were a big deal there, but not obviously for 4th of July because their Independence Day is different. Um and even Independence Day for them, I think February 17th, they don't have fireworks. But fireworks are big in Europe, across the continent, on New Year's. So um, the dorm I was working at, um, on New Year's, we go up at midnight and we go to the roof. And um, they, they light off fireworks all over. And so literally 360 degrees around the roof. You could like turn every direction and be like fireworks on the horizon mm-hmm. all the way around you. That sounds which awesome. Which is pretty cool. That was yeah. like I was like, dang, this is actually really cool. Yeah. So But that's not the fourth of July, so of July, you probably so. shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> just just saying. This is a fourth of July podcast. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, I apologize, America. We're talking about independence. Yeah. Independence. Um yeah. Uh listen, I think all the talk it is I think it's awesome that we live here. I, I love the States. I love uh I love America. I love the freedom. Um, I'm not going anywhere with this. I, just, <laughs> I think sometimes it's like you, you all the talk about a thing, you forget to say, no, but I still love the thing. You know, we talk a lot about the state of the U.S. and state of the times and all that. But at the same time, it's like, I still love it here. You know, like I, anytime I travel anywhere else, I'm like, I need to go back to the U.S. Like I've, and so, and listen, there are some places that are great, but I appreciate the opportunities afforded to us that allow us to be photographers like, and to make our own way in the world. And I think that's part of why my dad came here, you know, was to yeah, give us opportunity. And I feel like me and my brothers, like, we're doing that. We're like, yeah, we're, you know, 
Like I went to, I'm going to get deep, of course, but uh, I went to Nigeria a couple years ago, and I remember, um, you know, obviously the disparity of wealth in Nigeria is very great, and you can see it in the streets. Um, and I remember seeing, my dad had already passed away, but seeing all these other Nigerians and wondering why and how my dad was like able to leave. Like, yeah. hey, why, you know, wanting to ask him, why did you leave here? Like, why in the world did you say, I'm leaving this place. And so I, I obviously I couldn't ask my dad that, but I asked some other Nigerians that were around my age, is like, what do you think? Do you want to leave or what what do you think about Nigeria? And their response was like, Yeah, I live here and so I love it here, but I don't know how to leave. I don't have the faculty to leave and um the fact that my, my dad found a way and all that and then it's, it's definitely one of those things that I don't want I don't take for granted. I want to like make sure that I work for myself. You know, my brother owns his own business. My other brother owns his own business, you know? And I, I think we do that because we, we want to make sure we're taking, um, yeah. we're not taking that for granted. Yeah. So hmm. anyway, that's awesome. That is, that is a deep thought. I will also share another deep thought I had in way over here. I think it's, I think it's, so I, I thought about today in regard to freedom, but a little bit on the other side of that. Because I think everything you said is, is insightful and important. I was thinking today, I was listening to NPR, and we're talking about, a little about this uh, this Trump 4th of July party that he's th- th- throwing. Have you heard about this? I know nothing. Yeah. Apparently, it's like the Parks Department is paying $2.5 million to throw this party. Okay. Um, which seems <laughs> crazy. But that's that's not, that, that led to this thing I was saying, like, man, like, I was saying, like, yeah, it's tomorrow we're going to do this thing. We're going to celebrate. And like, yeah, like, it's, it's awesome that we're free. But... Um, for anyone who's not kind of like keeping up with things that happen in the news, there's all this talk about these detention centers on the southern border, these mm-hmm. concentration camps that are going on that are detaining people who are seeking asylum. And part of me is like, man, like it feels a little bit like a bummer to celebrate freedom when those people who are like literally in this country who will not be able, who are not free. And I got to me like, man, I think this is a strange dichotomy. I did, like I had this sense of dichotomy inside of me this, today. I was thinking about this like, man, I feel like in America we're all about freedom, yet not everyone here is free. And that was just a very interesting. We don't have to get too much into the politicalness of that. I, I think there's, there's a lot to unpack there in general. But I definitely was thinking about that today. Like, man, that does feel a little bit like turning off one side of the brain, putting the blinders on, just like be like, yeah, like I'm free. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was it was an interesting like. No way to ruin moral, my uh, yeah. Fourth of July. Yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you're welcome, Andy. So uh, tomorrow, when you're when you're doing all your free things, think about all the people who aren't free. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, it's tough. I I think there is place uh, to uh, acknowledge both situations. You know, to uh, honestly, there is uh, a place in which we acknowledge the fact that you know for me my dad did come here and we had to fight and i had to go through all that and now i am free and able to do these things and so there is an acknowledgement of the freedom that does exist um and i don't think that says that you have to turn off that side of your brain to also say i acknowledge that we're still fighting for freedom Mm. for for the rest of the people uh but i think the fact that we have the ability to fight for freedom is what we're celebrating. Yeah. You know, I, like that is, that's very poetic. Well, you know me, I'm, yeah. I'm a poet and I don't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
sometimes the, the, the I don't. The smug smile on your face tells me that you you actually do know it. Sometimes I don't show it. <laughs> I feel like I'm laughing at things I shouldn't be laughing at. Yeah, it's not really that it's, funny. It's just more the the expression that people can't. Yes. Can't yes. It's the mm. eyebrows. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll take a quick break and then we'll uh, we'll dive more in, in, into independence. All right. Here we are. Uh, did you see that they're making a new a sequel to Jumanji, like to the new Jumanji no, sequel? Um, What's it called? I don't know, Jumanji, Jumanji two, 2 or something. Yeah. yeah, the one with The Rock and uh, Kevin Hart. They're making a sequel to that one, which we talked about this. The real, true sequel to Jumanji with Robin Williams was Zathura, even though Robin Williams wasn't in it. It was a new cast, but it was a different game. It was called Zathura. The true Jumanji lovers out there, like myself, would know this. So they should make a, a second Zathura, a new reboot? Yeah, they should, they should, instead of making rebooting the first one, Zathura was great. It just didn't do as well. I'm not sure why. It was more, it was in space. So okay. Jumanji was jungle. Zathura was in space. Um, and uh, I thought it was awesome, but I was also a kid. Um, and I, I mean, maybe in college. But okay, it was it was a couple years ago. Yeah, I mean, I watch it. I have the DVD still. Anyway, it really. I was like, wow, that was a fast um, sequel, right? Yeah, I feel like it just came out. Yeah, maybe like four years ago, five years ago. I thought Jumanji, the new Jumanji reboot, came out really recently, and then now they're already doing. I mean, I guess four or five years, not I mean, that for, crazy. I, actually, four, four years ago is longer than I thought. I was like, oh, that's not that recent. Yeah, maybe it was long or shorter than that, but I was like, man, they're just going for it, man. They're just making money, man. The golden age of television is now. There is a lot of money on the table. Yeah. It's crazy how much money uh, Endgame made. You know, they're bringing it back. So, so they can break the records? Yeah, so the record for Endgame, or the record for Avatar was $2.7 million. Yeah. I think Endgame made $2.4 million. And so I don't know if they're only bringing it back to beat the record, but they're they're adding like some deleted scenes and some other things uh, because they want to break the record, I think. And I think, so they're bringing like it back to theaters, I think next weekend or something like that. It seems it seems like it's like trying to add. I'd be like, okay, you just want my money, and this is all you want. Yeah, they want the title of highest grossing film yeah. of all time, but. I mean, I might see it again. I don't. Know. I saw it twice in the theater, and I really loved it. So, would you pay ten more bucks? I would. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it really, you're going to see some extended scenes, and then you're also going to see, um, you know, how at the end of Marvel movies they have that teaser yeah, trailer yeah. or something else. Yeah. They're going to do. They're going to put one of those onto uh, onto this movie. The, the Endgame didn't have one. And so maybe at the end there was like a sound people were talking about. Like, oh, if you wait long enough, you'll hear like a beep, beep, beep or something like that. Which I was like, why would I want to hear that? But I waited and maybe I heard it. I don't know. It's one of those things like, I think I heard it. I think that was it. And then it was over. And I'm like, okay. Uh, but now they're going to add, I think, something uh, for the Spider-Man movie that's coming uh, out. Gotcha, okay. Which is coming out this weekend anyway. Yeah. So I guess they, they couldn't put Endgame out right now because it would go into their Spider-Man profit. Maybe they don't care. Maybe there's just like a vicious No, leg. there's no way they would do that. Anyway, I don't know. Life's uh, a mystery. Yeah. But when you're independent, you don't have those kinds of uh, 
have these qualms because so, you just got to make enough money to put food on the table. Exactly. Uh, let's talk about independence and working independently. Nice segue. <laughs> in we, honor of uh, 4th of July. Yeah, in honor of 4th of July. So what do you think? Cause I feel like you've done both. What do you feel about working, like your actual work day, working independently or working from home or working uh, from a co-working space versus working from a coffee shop, what's your go-to? What do you do now? What have you done? What works? Pros and cons. My For the first five years or so, four years or so maybe, I worked from home. Mm-hmm. And I had a dedicated, like, quote-unquote office at, my, at our house that I would work out of. And it was fine. But I would get bored and I'd go snack a lot. And I'd walk around. And I wouldn't super focus all the time. And then Hillary would come in and talk to me. And um, I was like, you know, I think I'd be more productive if I went to work somewhere. So I rented a, a desk, a permanent desk at a uh, design studio, Studio Mast. Uh, and so at Mast, I would have a desk and I'd work with them. And you might have asked how, how much money yeah, you I, put in I paid that. 300 bucks a month. Okay. Uh, first was 275 We moved locations, rent went up, I would pay $300. Mm-hmm. So yeah, paid 275 a month, 300 bucks a month. And I loved it. I liked those guys a lot. They were awesome dudes. I was able to get out. I was able to get more connected to other realms of of creative stuff besides wedding photography, which I loved. And I made some friends. So I did that for like a year and a half, two years. Um, and then worked at the agency for a stint. And then I kind of came back and I started working out of the white nervery space. I, I would work for them and still work part-time for them a little bit. And then I, but I'll still work there out of free time or just like for myself because I have a desktop there. And now I will also with, with Josh, I'll work in like a coffee shop and work remote there or work at his, his place. Um, so I kind of, I kind of do the whole gamut of it now. And then, um, so yeah, I feel like I've done the whole thing. Do you still work from home? Sometimes. So not in the, at night. It'd be outside of work hours. Yeah. I work at home if it's outside of work hours. It's basically after five o'clock at night and like things need to get done. I'll work from home for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But during the during the week, during the day I don't. Yeah. I just feel like there's too many distractions at home. With like honor and hills and something to get done. I definitely feel like guilty if I'm not doing stuff to help out. I'm like, oh if Hills is feeding honor and honor's not listening and she's like running around and she's like trying to like play with her, but also keep her focused and honor comes and talk to me. Like I don't want you know, I just feel badly that if I'm distracting or if like Hillary's like doing chores or like doing things around the house that, that need to get done, I'm like, man, I feel like I should help her up. I'm like, I also need to get work done. So I think it's better for me to have the separation to make somewhere that's not my house yeah. for that. So just by the fact that you have less distractions is what gives you – is the pro, do you feel like you just – um, like would it be the same at a coffee shop versus – Somewhere that you paid for? Um, yes and no. I think that there is some things that are different and some things that are the same. I can be very, very productive at a coffee shop. I can sit there and, and work. Um, I think I'm actually probably more productive at a coffee shop if I'm by myself. I just like, because I know, like, hey, I'm not going to be here for eight hours, so I got to like get my, my yeah, time out of this. Your task oriented yeah. when you're there. Um, and, but I don't, but the downside for me at coffee shops is I don't have like all the things I can work on. I don't have all the files and all the stuff I need. Sure. So I, I can't like edit at a coffee shop because I, store all my, all my photos elsewhere. So I, I think like that would say, I can't do all the tasks that I need to do at a coffee shop necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do find that like frequenting coffee shops and going to the same places frequently or on an ongoing basis 
let you develop relationships with different people, whether they're people that work there or people that are also independent, like working remote. Um, and that can actually lead to a lot of relationships or opportunities for other things as well, too. So I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot of social benefit of being in a public space that's working as well, too. Yeah. Unless you don't, don't get if you're working from home or dedicated office space. Uh, do you think the only benefit for working from home is the money? Probably. Is just saving yeah. money. I mean, I think that. everyone's different. Like some people thrive like working in like in solitude and like having like no one to distract them of any kind and mm-hmm. being by themselves. Um, but I think the biggest thing would be the money. And for me, honestly, it was funny because initially when I was going to get an office space. Hills was like, I just think it's like you could be. That's like you know, this much money a month. You could be using that for anything else. Right. And probably like two or three months after going out of the house to work, she's like, yeah, I think that's like the best decision for you. What did she say? I think she just thought so I was more productive. I was getting a lot more social yeah. uh, interactions out through the day. I was yeah, I was more productive in my work and I'm like and I was able to kind of come home and like be better about turning things off. Because hmm. um, when I, ha- I was working from home, I was just like, oh, my computer's here, my desktop's up. I'll just work on something real quick in between something. Yeah. No, and, I, I my yeah. Obviously, I work right here, and yeah. I I'm working all the time. Like if I'm not working during the day, I will work through the night. Right. You know, my roommates right. will come down here and they might watch something and I'm just like, oh, I'm just editing, you know, when it's editing time. Yeah. yeah. And so a couple of weeks ago, Hills was out of town. And so I was meeting Honor. We're home for the weekend. And so after Honor got to bed, I'm like, well, I can't leave because Honor's here and she's sleeping. Mm-hmm. So I would work at night. That's when I worked on my website. <laughs> I was like, I would oh, like, really? we're going to, I'd probably yeah. work from like, I'd probably work to like one or two in the morning every night. I work from like seven to one because it's like, I, I'm, I find myself, I, I like to work and I enjoy that stuff, but I need six hours. I know I'm going to need six hours straight to work on it. Um, yeah. I think one of the most beneficial things someone said to me was, uh, besides making a schedule and being beholden to whatever your schedule is or your calendar, which was really helpful for me to say, okay, I'm scheduling a block for emails and then a block for editing and then, a block, and then not sway or straying from that made me really productive, but then also understanding when my body wants to work. Like yeah. sometimes I don't want, you know, my body doesn't necessarily always work well waking up early or whatever. And so understanding that some people want to work at, you know, from seven to one. Right. If that's what you, if that's when you want to work, then just schedule your hours like that, you know, or if you're really productive between uh, 11 and four, then, work from 11 to four, but work from 11 to four, right. as opposed to trying to start working at eight and then failing and walking around. And then at, you know, then at five, you're like, Oh, we didn't do anything. You work for like two hours and you're all, you know? And so, uh, even though we're independent, we still have to structure our work day. However, right. You know, however we structure it to make sure that we're getting the, the most, uh, bang from our buck. Bang from our buck. Oh, yeah. yeah, would you ever get a, because I feel like I've often invited like, dude, like, there's an extra desk, come come work here. Would you ever work not from home? Uh, I don't, I don't, I think I would if it was my space. Um, Like, if I owned the space, maybe. I just really, I I like working from home. I don't, you know, I think, I think I probably would be more productive. Like, if I really needed to do something... I'll go to a coffee shop. And in my mind, I'm like, why am I going to spend? I'm, it's more about the money. I'm like, yeah. why would I spend that much money if I can just go to a coffee shop, buy a cup of coffee every day or whatever? Right. I already need the coffee and then hang out. And so that's what I do. Like, even this morning before we worked, I was working for two hours with another photographer. Right. And so we just, you know, I was like, all right, let's work two hours, boom, we're on, come record. And then 
Um, today I'm working on website stuff, and so I'll finish it here. Yeah, yeah, that uh, makes sense. And so for me, I, I can structure it that way. So I haven't necessarily, you know, seen the good of it, but I think I would be like if I had my own space with another, with some more photographers. Um, it would make sense. Like it would be fun, I think, and really enjoyable. Uh, but I, it's like I never meet clients in person anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it wouldn't make sense for me to have a, a space for that. But if I was to meet them, I just go to a coffee shop or right. go to dinner somewhere. And then, uh, and so for the need for a space of my own hasn't really, uh, hasn't really come up, but maybe like you're saying, it's like, I would start, if I did it, then all these other avenues of, of work would come up. And, you yeah. Know. I mean, like, I definitely feel like there was opportunities that I got from working at MAST with MAST mm-hmm. on things that I wouldn't have gotten. And I think what I'm actually struggling with the most now is that I'm trying to figure out how to best orientate my day between tasks and meetings, because I'm realizing that like, not for weddings, I don't have a lot of meetings, but there's a lot of other social meetings that are necessary for non-wedding work. Mm-hmm. And so whether that's just building connections or um, finding people who are in different industries or kind of working in different partnerships, like there's a lot of like meeting time that's needed overall. I'm trying to be like, okay, how do I separate time to like have time to spend with people and to meet, but also time that I can sit down and it's like put my like head down and just work like straight. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like for me, like having four to five hours a day where I can just like crank on work directly just by myself is super helpful and I can get tons of stuff done in a short amount of time. If I can focus like that, like I, I called a wedding. It was just about short of 5,000 images. But I called it like in 40 minutes this morning in like 40 minutes. Yeah. And I'll probably edit the whole thing in like three to four hours. And I'm like, if I have like four days, if I have like you know five hours in a day, I can like crank out a wedding and mm-hmm. be done. And if I or if I have like one day a week, I'm doing eight hours of task oriented work. I could edit everything I've shot in the past like month, probably in that same day between portrait sessions or the thing. I mean, I think you know one way, honestly, for you, Levi. I I mean, not to like tell you on the pod like what I would you know, but to tell you what I would think you should do. Is, first of all, I think you're in a place where if you hired someone to do some of those task oriented things your ability to have those meetings would generate so many more task oriented things. Yeah, that's probably true. And so you would, you'd be in a place where you could take 75% more meetings and obviously you could still work, you know, doing the the head down stuff. But I think that's not, even though you're good at it, you'd probably be even better at at showing out someone else how to do it. You're right, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to right now to figure out how do I, how do I better do some of this stuff? Because I think people could probably more or less take care of some of things for me. Like, yeah, the, dude, you can go to the college and get an intern. Everyone's telling me, eighty, you should get an intern for free. People are sending them to me like on emails. I'm like, I don't have any work for you to do. The you thing, know, like, the I thing don't for me an intern is like, yeah. I, I feel like I wouldn't want someone to work for three months, but spending time training them to me is not worth it. Because yeah, I have to train can, someone every three months. You can eventually hire them. It's yeah. not like you make an intern and then you have to like give them up. Yeah. Some interns want to work. They just want the internship, but I would just think, mm. you know, train them for three weeks. I think with college interns, you're not technically allowed to just leave them alone. Right. Like you're supposed to be working in the same room, but I know so many photographers that just have the intern interns working. And one of my buddies just started working as a photographer and that's what he did for, for months for a studio. He was just doing all their album design and all that stuff as an internship. He wasn't getting paid. You know, I was like, wait, what? And so in my mind, I'm like, man, what am I doing? But I just don't have, 
I don't have, you know, 6,000 weddings where I need someone else to do it. I like doing all that right. stuff. But I think since you have all the commercial work and all the other stuff, that you would really thrive. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought about trying to, do the, trying to build it out more via partnerships. Like Sydney from Edited by Artists, I was working with her last year when I was working with another brand for photo work. And I was like, I could probably send her my photo work and have her edit do edits for me. And it's like, yeah, then I, I never touch a wedding again at that point. And I'm like, so I'm just like, I'm trying to figure out, I'm better trying to figure out these, the workflows that I should have so I can like outsource things and be efficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, still oversee things, still like stamp everything for approval. Still make sure I go through everything, but also maximize time. That's the thing, the biggest thing is like how yeah. to maximize time. Dude, that's the, when I hired that business coach a couple of years ago, that was our, like our first sort of mission was, all right, AD, we're going to, one, we're going to log everything that you do. And so that's what we did per minute for minutes that I eat minutes that I talk on the phone minutes that I'm on Facebook, everything was logged. And then from there, we understood which, what was essential, like understood, Oh, you're spending too much time on Facebook. Like I didn't realize yeah. that I logged into Facebook 75 times in a day or something, you know, like one day I was like, wait, what? Like, that's crazy. Like I have, I had no idea, but as soon as I pick up my phone, I look at it for a second and I close it. I'm like, that's insane. Yeah. You know? And so for me, that was a, that, that's why we inputted, uh, where we installed that app that says I can't, I can only spend 10 minutes a day on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. And so that was really good. Uh, and then we literally made, um, a calendar and the calendar, we blocked off the times that, uh, were essential to work. And so, how much? How many hours do you want to spend during the day doing edit, editing? If it, if it's five hours that you feel like you can knock out a wedding, how many? You know, you realize what you need to do, and then you block it off. And then you also have, you know, time. You have time for food. You have time for play mm-hmm. or whatever. And you have time for meetings. But you make the schedule, and then you don't vary from the schedule. And so if you're like, oh, how many meetings do I want to take this week? I can take uh, three weeks. I can take three meetings. And then if someone calls, they're like, hey, I want to take a meeting. You're like, I can yeah. do it next week. Next week, yeah. And so every Sunday with her, I would send her my calendar of the things I'm doing this week. And she would actually look at it and say, uh, you didn't have, you don't have enough time for this, or this isn't going to work at this place, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, and then she sent it back, and then that was my calendar. And if I varied from it, I, I would tell her, it's like, oh, I did this, but I wasn't supposed to, you know. And so yeah. when I was beholden to that car- calendar, I'm not as much because I'm in that creative hibernation. I'm coming back out of it. But I can feel that was so productive when I was there. Yeah, and you feel like that really got Oh, you. man, it really helped me, like, 100%. But then I went to the part, you know, it was like winter, and I was just, like, hanging out. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's hard I, to break, that, break out of that. Yeah, again. and so now I'm, like, I'm editing. And I'm, like, man, why am I editing all day? And I was, like, oh, I, I need to go back to the calendar system yeah. where I was, like, okay, this is my calendar. I don't, I haven't, I'm not hiring her anymore, but. Do you, for do the, you think you have the self-discipline to go back and build a schedule again and stick to it? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think, uh, yeah, I th- honestly, it's weird. Bread has helped me with that mm-hmm. because with the bread I have to be at home and I have to, like, mm. I'm on a schedule, like a timed schedule. And so I can really quickly go to the schedule or or say, okay, I'm going to edit for 30 minutes and then flip the bread and then 30 minutes of this and then flip the bread. And so it's been really nice for the days that I'm baking uh, to have the schedule. And then, because for me, I'm so task oriented that I'll have a hundred tasks in front tasks in front of me and not know which one to tackle. Mm -hmm. And then I'll end up just like sort of tackling one. 
and spending an hour or two trying to find the right image for a thing. Right. And that's way too long. Right. You know, and so if I have, hey, you got 30 minutes for phone calls in the morning, boom, I will make, I won't put it off. And doing the most, the hardest thing first was really good for me too. It was like, all right, if you don't like making phone calls, do that before you're even allowed to eat breakfast. But you have to like not eat breakfast or whatever it is and say, all right, for the first 30 minutes, I'm about to do, uh, I'm going to make 10 calls and then I'll, then I'll go eat. And then after that, and so I'm looking at the time and then I would have to like check in with her and tell her like, Hey dude, I made the calls. You know, <laughs> like it was serious. Uh, and so, uh, she was really helpful, man. And I think for running a business for me, even I think it was either that or maybe getting, uh, my own place or, or mm-hmm. like working office space. Yeah. yeah. Because it was, it, it is all about that productivity. Like you'll sit here and you'll like, I would watch a Netflix show for breakfast and I was like, yeah. And then, you know, autoplay and then, Oh no, I watched two, yeah. you know? And then eventually you're like, I don't really need to do anything. And then, you know, the day's gone. Right. And so it happens sometimes when you're working for yourself until you have a deadline or whatever. And so, it's crazy how much more time you have when you structure it that way. And you you just feel so good when you you get so much work done. You're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I got this done. This I definitely done. felt, yeah. yeah, I think that's true for me, too, in that way. Like, knowing, okay, I, oh, like, I got so much stuff done. I also recognize, like, man, I'm like, oh, I feel like, I'm like, I don't have much to do today. But knowing that I actually have a couple of big things I need to do, I don't want to tackle with that moment. But I'm like, yeah, if I were to go back to the studio and then we're sitting on for my desktop, I could actually crank out big stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it helps you. One, I mean, we could go into one is creating your goals, like the big stuff, right. writing down all the stuff you need to do, and then separating that, them out into actionable steps. Like, oh, I need to get published. All right, what do you need to do to get published? Right. Oh, I need to do this. All right, for an hour on Tuesday right. from 11 to 12. You that's are you're submitting. Yep. And that's that's it. And then twelve o'clock you're done. Don't work don't look at it again until mm-hmm. next Tuesday at eleven. And then next Tuesday at eleven if you need a you know, or morning emails or whatever it is for you. And so I drank a lot of coffee this morning. So that's why <laughs> he's like, I'm ready to be productive. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, productivity and America. Yeah, that's well, America probably wasn't re- remote working. We were out there busting our butts, fighting wars, you know? Fighting wars. Showing things to the man, the Britain man. So you're saying that there's a two-something million-dollar party in the forest for America? No, it's not in the forest. It's a party that money's being pulled from the parks budget that Trump is throwing a... And it's kind of this big thing because they're like, Trump's giving his big... It's in D.C. The party's in D.C. Hmm. And they're like... But they're also like, if Trump makes any statements that are political or partisan in any nature, then theoretically, or he mentions it's a 2020 campaign in any way, then theoretically it's a campaign rally. And so they're like, yeah, people are like, kind of like being like, hey, he better not do anything that's partisan or else he's in the, he needs to pay back the money. Or else the taxpayers are paying for a, a 4th of July rally. Yeah, dude. But apparently he also owes $7 million for the inauguration. Because he apparently like, he went over budget and had to like, and they went over budget by like seven million dollars. He and they, personally, apparently, owes apparently, it? that's like there's like a money that like they went over that they're supposed to pay back the the campaign is supposed to pay back to the, and that's not going to happen. I yeah, listen, he probably has it, but I, I'm just like, 
Dude, the Democrats need to, if they want to win the next election, they need to not focus on what Trump's doing wrong because it did not help them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so if that's what they're like, yeah, I let the I, man spend the money. Let him. Obviously, it's not like I don't know. It's not ideal. But if they're gonna harp on freaking, uh, you know. If he says the right thing, he's gonna listen. The man has made he won the presidency based on saying the wrong thing. He's fine, you know. Like he's not gonna, you know. Which is listen. I I know. I don't know. Did we talk about this? A couple of my Democrat friends are like, I think it'd be better for Trump to get elected again. And I was like, what? And they were just like, yeah. The Democrats are. They've gone down the like the party has gone down this. This whole of uh, of back talking and like they're just they're scrambling and they're not showing themselves well. It's like, listen, guys, you're you're no better than Trump in a way. And so, not I don't necessarily believe that, but the yeah. party doesn't seem together cohesive. I mean, if I have twenty candidates, it's crazy. Like, that like that seems like a, a little too many. It's like someone should get someone should be like, you know what? I'm not going to run, but I will get behind somebody else. Yeah, the it, this the party's so divided, and so, you know, when when evil is united, you know what I mean. It's like they'll be they'll be fine. Not that this. Listen, uh, obviously, I'm more of a Democrat than a Republican, and Trump has said some horrendous things. Uh, but if we don't unite, then or the Democrats don't unite, then we'll have another four years of. Yeah. What some people will say is, eh, it was okay. You know, the last four years, oh, they're okay. And I'm like, that's that's the sentiment that I'm actually hearing from Democrats. Yeah. As opposed to, in the beginning, it was like, oh, he's not my president. It's like, oh, it fades away, and then people are fine. And just, yeah, it's like, whatever, life as usual. Yeah, and then, so... Oh, no, man. Yeah. Nah, dude, I don't... Whatever. Yeah. This is America. This is America. This, well, take that to the bank, if you live in America, and say, this is America. Work independently. Take some time off. And we'll catch you all the next time. Happy Independence Day. I said that like an alien, did, like an yeah. evil alien. Peace out, everyone, no matter where you live. Oh, we're still recording. <laughs> now we're not. Evil alien. <laughs> <laughs>